Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 486. This week on the podcast, the House is now formally working on a fake impeachment case. Plus, more people are leaving Congress due to self-inflicted embarrassment. And why was there another GOP debate? It's an important question that you will not be hearing an answer to on this podcast. Plus, a new Iowa poll leaves us wondering, why are we even still polling Iowa? And SCOTUS is scheduled to specifically decide on whether America is a failed state. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. That's it. Welcome back, finally, to a random Thursday edition of Brain yeah. Trust Live. That's right. Listen, we've been busy. It's busy. It's the holidays, it's guys. It's the holidays. And by that we mean it's before the holidays when you stop doing work, but you still have to do yes. work, you know? Right. We're, in the, we're doing the EOD, meaning end of December, bit. That's right. Right now is what we're doing. Yeah. But we're not because it's the middle of December, so we're really beating that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're overachievers. We're overachievers. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. So, yeah. Are we a few days late? Sure. But maybe are we a few days early, depending on how you're looking at it. Will we do a podcast on Sunday? It's hard to know what will happen. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But there is some news we need to discuss, whether or not you hear from us again mere days from now. Right. One of those important news items is that George Santos will be airing an interview with Z-Way. We've seen photographic evidence that the two of them were in the same room. That's right. And and that he tried to steal her Birkin bag. That's right. <laughs> Which is the most peak George Santos way to have participated in a Z-Way interview yeah. that I can think of. Yeah. He seems so excited to be a part of this. Well, he should be. He's I mean, also out. I saw some story about like how he's doing plea deals right now. Oh, I'm sure. He needs he needs to do everything that he can to keep himself out of jail. He's hitting for, the... for his good and mine. That's right. He's hitting the cameo scene hard. And I think yeah. one nice thing about cameo is if we work the law right, I bet he could do that from jail. For sure. Well, like, that's what's the, he only, so busy with in jail? the only jail situation that I would find acceptable for him is if he gets tossed in there with um, Jen Shaw and Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Yes. That's. And then they have tales to tell when they get Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I'll allow that. Yeah. No, if if jail can be like an episode of Housewives. Yeah. Then like, you know. Yeah. And Housewives could he be on jail. The Real Housewives? It seems Obvi- like he could be. Obviously he could be. Yeah. I, never has anyone been better suited to yeah. making an appearance and on And none Housewives. of them are actual Housewives anymore. They've all been divorced 74 times. No, exactly. So. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, we're talking, like, I think his tendency to lie about everything would fit in nicely in a world where totally. somebody had to explain the concept of empathy or have that explained <laughs> know, to them right. um, on national television. So it's like, yeah. I feel like he would sort of fit in with the ethos. Yeah, for sure. Um, as somebody who has in the last few months watched more Housewives than I've ever watched in my life. You need to get caught up. I know. Yeah, Brent texted me earlier this week and was like, are you still caught up on Housewives? I know, because I'm not used to being able to text you about Housewives. I know. I need to get... You know what I am sort of caught up on now um, is uh, that other show that where the Love Island. Oh, you're watching Love Island? Well, no. I'm watching it with the same people I was watching Housewives. Oh, I didn't know that you were... I didn't know you fucked around with Love Island. Yeah, I mean, okay. I will say that I have what I would describe as extreme face blindness when it comes to the cast of Love Island. That's fair. I cannot keep any of their names or faces straight. Are you having I, that trouble with the housewives? Because that's another problem that people have with the housewives. No, in it's that... the plastic surgery face. Yeah, they, do, they all have the same plastic surgery face. I have done a good job, I think, of identifying specific features mm-hmm. in the ones that I'm following. And then yeah, there's right. always some housewives that I'm like, I don't actually care what they're up to. Right. And so those I might be having face blindness. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm not even paying Bef- attention. Before we figured out live in the moment that you were talking about Angie K on Real right. Housewives of Salt Lake City, Sasha 
was texting me mm-hmm. and telling me that you, who you were talking about. And then I was like, she's going to get there in a second. Just wait. Yes. She was like live texting <laughs> while she was listening to the podcast about yeah. your um, trying to figure out who Angie K is. She's been subjected to a lot of me not being able to tell apart any of the characters on these TV shows. Yeah, sure. Um, so we have, anyway, we have oh, we our about future housewife, George Santos, <laughs> um, coming to Z-Way, just as America had hoped. Yeah. Um, we also, in in sad people dying news, which we've had a lot of recently, Norman Lear died since the last time that we recorded. Oh, uh, yeah. But I just wanted to pass along what I think is a delightful thing to note about the, the, the litany of deaths we've faced recently, which is that one thing that we can say with certainty is that Henry Kissinger never had a moment on earth where he was not also having to live with Norman Lear in his <laughs> periphery. Like, Norman Lear was 101, which means yeah. there was not one moment of Henry Kissinger's life that Norman Lear was not alive for. Mm-hmm. And so, and also, Norman Lear beat him. Yeah. So, Henry Kissinger, what a loser. That's right. Only made it to 100. Yep. Um, but in any case, that was just something comforting to think of as all of these <laughs> octogenarians, I mean octogenarians, <laughs> centenarians, Centen- right, yeah. uh, die uh, in, in one, you know, two-week stretch. Yeah. But let's talk about the real news, which is really the fake news, because the oh. today's biggest news and the news that you'll be hearing about for the next few days, I'm sure, until something blows up, yeah. is that the House is pursuing an impeachment inquiry <laughs> based on the flimsiest of evidence. I know. That they can't, well, no, no evidence. Well, no, right. It's so flimsy that it doesn't exist. Yeah. They have been having trouble getting the votes together to formalize the inquiry because it's based on nothing and so they yeah. can't figure out what they're investigating, yeah. and they don't have any evidence to prove that it's an investigation that needs to happen. And they have sort of publicly acknowledged this yes, to be the they, case. they've been saying it. That, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, they're leaning on sort of like, you know, the whole Comer report, which has quite literally nothing in it, to the point where James Comer himself is like, yeah, there's probably not really anything usable in there. And like, <laughs> even Fox News, when they ask these people about impeachment, they're like, what are you basing this impeachment on? And they will say something to the effect of like, well, we have to have the inquiry to know what it, right, we're looking know, for. Exactly. It's just, it's just like, you know. I, so if you. Like, s- they could open an inquiry into, like, me and maybe yeah. find something that I had done previously, but it's right. just like they don't really have any reason to because there would, right. there would just be no there's, reason to. There's no suspicion. <laughs> so it's like. So they're basically what? just like, it's like, this is like a media stunt. So if you've read headlines yeah. today about how the impeachment inquiry is going forward because they formalized it today, yeah. what that means is that the House Republicans got together and they were like, for media's sake, we got to formalize this inquiry so that we can pretend it's starting. We don't have an inquiry, so it's going to take forever for it to start because we would need to have something to inquire into. (laughs) But sadly, not having that, you know, we're going to have to do our best to make a story out of nothing. So we're going to vote to formalize the inquiry. That means that the Judiciary Committee, I guess, can start poking around. It gives them the opportunity to poke around into what who can say they don't have anything to put they're just sort of like vaguely claiming that like the biden family yeah. has had like improper dealings with foreign actors but like which of these foreign actors and also what are the improper dealings and what countries are we talking about and none of this information maybe is, they'll find out i mean maybe, <laughs> i guess you might as well look into it because <laughs> sure nothing else to look into yeah i mean what else might he or might not he have done that's right Literally, any anything. possibility on the earth <laughs> could it be turns anything. out anybody could have done or, or not done yeah. Any of the things that you might dream up. This is how I feel about astrology. Which is, you know how, like, if somebody tells you that, like, the next six months something, like, 
something good is going to happen or oh, what, you yeah, know like sure. that kind of that kind of advice you often get in the astrology community and it's like yeah something good always happens in the next six months sure. so does something bad something mm-hmm. is always happening yep. and depending on what it's goodness it's goodness or badness can be yep. rated on a scale of you know only compared to what you perceive as good and bad in the moment yep. so i feel like they're operating on like an astrologer's <laughs> like logic here where it's sure. like well he pro- he could have or not he could have done or not done anything or just not any type of logic at all well that's also another <laughs> i would argue those are the same thing fair yeah uh-huh. but yeah so they're kicking this off there's a lot of news stories today talking about how they're just getting down there here's another thing i have to say about this i don't mind if this is what the Republicans are up to because they're not no. up to governing. They're well, not doing say, anything. No. Who cares? No. Like, I feel like my mother has been incensed about this. <laughs> I'm, it's obvious that my parents have been watching news on television to me whenever they call me about something like this. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, they've gotten worked up watching television. But yeah. my, I, I feel like a lot of people have been asking me about this, you know, where they're oh, sort of yeah, like, what sure. do you think about what's going to happen Nothing. with this impeachment inquiry? This is like giving them an activity. That's cute. Like <laughs> sure. something for yeah. the Republicans to do. They're not yeah. doing anything else. No. And everything that they have that's an idea that would be doing something is bad. Yeah. Well, so like also, let them run in circles doing this. Yeah, Who cares? for sure. And it's also a thing that is just like makes them look stupid and desperate. Oh, and my God. It, you it's know the what pettiest I mean? it's like, it's not, thing that you could possibly get yeah. involved in. You're not you're not winning over any independent voters with, a, no. <laughs> you know, finalizing it like, or formalizing a, an impeachment. What inquiry. you're doing is there's like a sector of Republican voters that are already voting for you that are deeply conspiracy laden that are like, see, I knew he was up to something. Yeah. Those people already think that Joe Biden's a criminal. Oh, for sure. You don't have to convince them no. via cockamamie theatrics no. on the floor of the House that Joe Biden's a criminal. They think that already. Right. And they don't think, worry about them. Right. No, I know. For sure. Yeah. Like, so if, if you are worried that this is going to do something to like sway opinions yeah. in you know in an election year whatever yeah. like don't worry about that what i'm worried about is republicans having the balls to do anything that would be effective oh yeah you know Which and they don't. and they don't and yeah. this is a good use of their time i feel I agree. because it's a yeah. complete waste of time yeah. and i would actually just argue yeah. that they should be wasting their time do we think that this was one of the things that johnson potentially promised that he would get together to sort of oh, I- make you know, the Gateses of the world happy, especially after he sort of like went along with the Democrats to keep the the government open. I'm, I wonder, I'm wondering if this so. is like a, a, I mean, he's probably down to do it himself, obviously, because yeah. he's as crazy as they come. But I mean, like, I'm wondering if this was like a part of the whole well, deal. I, like, I'll, this was, I'll, I'll get this thing going. Exactly. This was a Kevin McCarthy project that had kind yeah. of stalled. And I'm sure that a bunch of the hardliners were like, we got to keep at it. Yeah. And he was probably like, yeah, no, I'll yeah, make sure. It that yeah. we waste our time running in circles on this dumb issue. <laughs> and then the Jim Jordans of the world can be positively giddy yep. over the fun that they're about to have, mm-hmm. pretending to investigate something that hasn't happened. <laughs> and that's really all Jim Jordan's looking for, is an right. opportunity to give incensed speeches based entirely on speculation. Right. Oh, yeah. So, sure. you know, that's it's giving everyone the opportunity they're looking for. Yep. It's giving me an opportunity to let the... to. It's like if you put toddlers in like a penned area so you don't have to worry about them hitting a light switch or electrocuting themselves or something you can just be like listen there's danger there but it's not the kind of danger that i have to watch yeah like that's what i feel like we're doing here like they're currently in some sort of playpen yeah there are no outlets no there's things they could trip over you know there somebody could smash someone's head like there's plenty of opportunities for danger but like it's not anything that i have to be worried about myself so i'm choosing to not think about it at all 
Um, and instead, I'm going to cheer on the slim, slimming House majority that is attempting to yeah, do have this. have fun. Because, I mean, I feel like, have a little fun. Kevin McCarthy has announced that he's leaving. Yes. In shame, I would contend. <laughs> sure. One thing that all of these announcements did not articulate to my satisfaction is that he's leaving in absolute shame and embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I wanted know. everyone to note, and I want all of you, the listeners, oh, to Oh, for note. sure. Well, I feel like his whole situation has become sort of like... Obviously, we still hate Kevin McCarthy for the reasons that we always have, but I feel like his ousting and then them floundering to try and find a replacement and ending up with Mike Johnson and like being sort of like in the place that we are, I feel like nobody has necessarily newfound respect. That's not the right word for Kevin McCarthy, but I feel like there has been sort of some revising of sort of how insane his party was to like yes you know what i mean like i think that there's way more out of control than people thought right i was gonna say there's this (laughs) level of being like well of course kevin mccarthy is leaving and because how could he not because all of his co-workers are too nuts yeah but I would like to make sure that everyone takes the time to remember. No, I'm. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we are doing that, that, that because everybody else has been doing the sort of song and dance yes, that I just described. Totally. No, you're right. Sort of like, he's, yeah. he's leaving as a total loser yeah, he's, because he's an right. embarrassment. Right. That's why he's leaving. Remember that. Remember that. Don't yeah. let the media or your right. aunts and uncles or whoever you're about to talk to at Christmas forget that. Yeah. He's leaving because he's a loser. Yeah. Um, And this is going to cut this Republican majority that is only a five, you know, that really yeah. only has five votes to play with uh, down yeah. significantly. And because yeah. he's leaving at the end of the year. He's not waiting until his term is over. He's not waiting until his term is over. And he's also not waiting until the Santos special election, which means that for all of January, up until mid-February, they're going to be down two votes. Yeah. Um, which means they're only going to have a three vote, you know, margin to really be working with. Right. Um, until they start needing Democrats to help them pass stuff. Yeah. So good luck with your impeachment hearing, guys. I'm happy that you found something to hang out and do um, during a lame duck session where you where where some of you are really lame ducks because you're leaving. Um, And uh, I hope that McCarthy enjoys his future as a Republican fundraiser who's basically I think if I'm reading between the lines correctly, his quotes on the way out lead me to believe that what he's going to be doing is devoting his time to defeating the Republicans who voted him out of speaker. Great. I think he's going to hit the fundraising trail and work exclusively to take down other Republicans. And that, you know what? Love that for him. Love that for him. (laughs) Enjoy your time, friend. I love that um, Patrick McHenry is also leaving. Basically, anybody who has come close (laughs) to the speakership (laughs) is like, no, thank you. That's I, I, my, I, No more of this for I think me, Patrick please. McHenry is just leaving because he's worried they might try to recruit him again. <laughs> no. He was like, I was interim speaker once. I saw it was awful. how this goes, <laughs> and I, I'm out. Yeah. And by the way, I found out in the midst of all of this that he's only 48. If you had asked me if he was 108 years old, I would have said yes, because he wears a bow tie. So I assumed yeah. that he's trying to project the image of a resolute statesman. <laughs> And it now makes so much sense that he's actually just a combustible child. Oh, for sure. I mean, like already he's, I mean, he's little and he wears a bow tie. Yeah. And he has a ridiculous smirk and he looks a little bit like Dennis the Menace to me. Right. Um, and I, but I assumed that he just had like a very severe case of man-child syndrome. Oh. Uh, but he just has child syndrome, I think, is oh, yeah. the problem. But he does have the man-child syndrome. He does have man-child syndrome. Yes. No. Right. I mean, but like for 48, for Congress, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, like being it's five. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a real age. 
he hasn't well, hit adulthood yet in Congress age. <laughs> right. right. It's, he's a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's already leaving. He could and, be there twice. He could be there 48 more years. 48 more years. Exactly. <laughs> if he wanted to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's. Uh, well. Bye. Bye. Wait. When's he leaving? Is he just no, not running for re-election? No, he's running out of He's just not running for re-election. Okay, right. He's not as big a loser as Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> right. Um, so at least we have that. Um, there was another GOP debate like, that I found out, I feel like, the day before That's, and like texted everyone and was like, there's a debate? I know. And I don't think that Grant or I knew about it, right? No. I certainly didn't know well, about it. Well, it was on, also it was on Newsmax. Yeah, that's not a real news network is yeah. the problem. Hosted by um, Megyn Kelly. Oh, she's at least landed and, somewhere. And others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, at least she's on, she's, um, she's found a, found her way back to television. Sure. Yes. You know? Makes sense. Um, But yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I think we talked about that and we were like, you know, they're getting so small. Now it just feels pathetic. Yeah. And we were right about that because that's exactly how it felt. This is a real if a tree falls situation. For sure. Because this garnered almost no coverage. Oh, right. Well, and I think it had like no viewers to cover it. Yeah. Right. You would to get coverage. Someone would have had to watch it. (laughs) That's right. That's where they failed. Yeah. Um, And also the whole thing was just a field of lies. Oh, and it was just a total shit show also. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, like, big surprise. Well, here's who showed up so yeah. that you can fully picture the scene. Yeah. We have Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. We have Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. We have Vivek Ramaswamy still mm. out there on that stage. And then yeah. just Chris Christie. Sure. In by the skin of his teeth. Yep. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy out here spreading conspiracy theories about January 6th being an inside job. What is that guy doing? It's like any conspiracy theory that comes his way, he will oh, yeah, take, sure. absorb, and re- regurgitate oh, yeah. in a new and exciting fashion. hundred This is like a this is a talking a conspiracy theory. It's not a talking point. A conspiracy <laughs> theory that has been long debunked by every source that's ever been in existence that reports on any aspect of the news. Yeah. And I don't understand how Vivek Ramaswamy is not able to do even the most basic reading of the news to discover that these conspiracy theories right. a, have been debunked. And a supposedly smart person. I know. He wants us to believe that. Right. Now, does his record show anything of like, the sort? No, he's just like a failed businessman who failed upwards. He's basically but, like spewing Alex Jones things yeah. from the debate what stage. Is a oh, by the way, back on Twitter. On oh, X, wow. Alex Jones what a relief. Reinstated. That is. Yeah. Um, um, Vivek Ramaswamy is a con man, as we, sure. we discussed in his, you know, his yeah. uh, career history. Yeah. Um, but also... He has, he's literally just trolling us at this point. Oh, I know. He's just getting on the stage and saying the most heinous, yeah. ridiculous, conspiracy-laden lies. And, he also and then just, wrote, like, waiting to see what happens. And he also wrote, um, uh, Haley equals corrupt yes. on his notepad and then held that up at one point in the I, middle of the debate. What an, what an <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> attempt at a stunt. What did Chris Christie call him? Something. Oh, yeah, um, I can't remember. Uh, uh, um, I'm going to look it up really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> While Brent does that, I'll tell you about some of the other things that were discussed at this debate. Yeah. Um, almost everyone lied about past comments they'd made. So I don't even, like, sure. Nikki Haley lied about past comments about banning anonymous posts on social media. Um, Ron DeSantis tried to scare everyone into thinking that the Biden administration is going to take away cash. <laughs> that we're going to go to cryptocurrency. Oh, Jesus. And I, first of all, Biden is 82 years I, old. I was going to say. He's not giving up cash, you guys. No. Don't worry about that. No. If you Also, wasn't it, what's his name from... Uh... His home state, who was running for president, what's his name? Suarez? Wasn't he like the crypto mayor or Oh, something? Francis Suarez? Yeah, right? Yeah, for Miami. For Miami, yeah. right? We did a whole story yeah. about him being in... This... It's the Republicans who are trying to 
Obviously. Obviously. And like, Floridians like a, of all. That's like a Elon Musk, a Joe Rogan. Yes. That's, a, that's, that's not a real that's thing. That's not a Joe Biden. No. That's not happening. That's Joe Biden who told us to bring the kids to the record player to teach them. <laughs> like, that's, this man is not giving up cash. So don't worry <laughs> no. about that. Um, Ron DeSantis also doesn't really understand the oil market very well. Surprise. Because he claimed that we should, you know, that he was going to open up all the domestic drilling so that oil would be cheaper, which... Um, can't be true because there's never been more drilling than under Biden. So Biden, this year we've drilled more than we ever did under the Trump administration, and yet oil's not cheaper. So obviously that's not, or gas is not cheaper. Oil might be cheaper. I don't know what goes on in the oil market because <laughs> the kind of oil we drill for isn't even the kind of oil we use. There's like light oil and crude oil and dark oil. There's like all these different kinds of oil. We're not even using the oil that we're drilling for, by the way. So there is not a direct relationship between our oil drilling and our gas prices. Just yeah. FYI. It's like a global commodity that has to do with a lot more things. Ron DeSantis is among the many people who doesn't understand that, <laughs> but continually claims that we just need to open up all the oil drilling right. and that that will make gas cheaper. Right. And as is, we talked about last week, we've produced more oil and gas and natural gas and whatever else in 2023 than, than we have in the history of America. Yeah. And including under any Trump year. A hundred percent. Nobody has been out here trying to drill more than Joe Biden. No one. And so if you are a Republican right now on the trail trying to claim that we, the problem is we just haven't been drilling enough. Oh, I, I know. Look inward. That's your own party. Yeah, for sure. The Democrats have been on it. <laughs> I guarantee you, once the general election starts, Joe Biden is going to be talking about how great and wonderful all of his oil drilling has been. Oh, I mean, he won't know better than to not. So get ready for that, Democrats. That's right. Enjoy your Joe Biden memes <laughs> as yeah. you get ready Jesus. to defend his oil drilling. <laughs> um, um, oh, he, uh, Chris Christie called <laughs> Ramaswamy the most obnoxious blowhard in America. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's true. Yeah. And those are the moments where you appreciate a Chris Christie-like figure in your life. <laughs> Although I will say that Chris Christie, when he, and I don't know if this helps him, maybe in some circles, probably not enough to, you know, make any further headway at this point. But really, you know, when there were more people up there, when Asa Hutchinson was up there, who was right. obviously not doing anything important, but when, you know, sometimes... But was Mike, he the one that had a gray nose? For yeah. <laughs> That's right. He did have a great nose um, in the early debates, yeah. Uh, and for moments of debates, you know, Mike Pence was also sort of like somewhat there to help. But like him being the only person up there running very much against Trump and calling the other three out for, you know, raising their hands, whether they would support him if he became the nominee, like in a previous debate or whatever, it like felt very much like he was on an island and running in like a different party's yeah. primary. Like it was I'm sure. very odd like when there were only four of them because he previously had like a little company although mm -hmm. he's always been the one who has sort of been the most forthright about his anti-trumpness i think um but that was another sort of like weird thing in the debate where oh, i was sure. sort of like he's doing he's in a different film here well he's <laughs> almost just like running an advocacy project that has nothing to do with anything like he's <laughs> yeah. not going to be the president so don't worry no. about that the, the campaign at this point can't even be run as if it's a winning campaign right. he has to think to himself okay what is the role that i'm trying to play here is the role to warn everyone about the dangers of trump and listen are his issues with trump both political and also a little personal yes for sure i mean trump has never worked harder to embarrass somebody than he did to True. embarrass Chris Christie. Right. And nobody has ever opened themselves up to a level of embarrassment that high in the history of the world. So sure. I get why he's on this mission. Yeah. But like his his continued presence in this race is really an advocacy project at this point that has nothing to do with running for president. He's not 
trying to be the president. Right. He's not going to be the president. No. He's right. a guy who's here to tell you yeah. that Donald Trump, who's polling at 51% in Iowa right now, shouldn't yeah. be the president. Right. You know. And um, <clears throat> interestingly, speaking of Iowa, the next debate is supposed to be on January 10th and it's supposed to be in Iowa. It's the first non-sanctioned debate. The RNC finally uh-huh. let them uh, do, they, they paused all of their debates and let, let the candidates attend non-sanctioned forums. Oh, and right. Oh, is that's why they're do, all doing... Um, that's why they're all doing town halls now. Town halls. This CNN has a town hall with all of them I yes. think, this week. Maybe not Trump. I don't know. Yeah. The RNC finally was like, well, shit has not been working out <laughs> right. the way that we had hoped. Um, yeah. But, and possibly in part because their own debates have been both embarrassing and poorly uh, attended. So yeah. it's like, what? why even bother? But Nikki Haley. So first of all, it looks like the only two people qualifying for that debate besides Trump who won't attend are Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Nikki yeah. Haley was this week like, I'm not going to commit to participating because I think that Trump should show up. Sure. Um, which you can understand. But also, there's no benefit to her just going and debating Ron DeSantis. Uh, isn't there, though? Uh, like, I don't ma- think so. Because I feel like Ron DeSantis is somebody who has literally all of the momentum in Iowa and none of the success. He's like an actual full-time loser at this point. Like, yeah. the, to go and pretend like he's your competition... When Donald Trump is your competition. Yeah, true. Donald Trump, and we're just about to talk about a new um, Des Moines Register poll where Trump has actually widened his lead since these debates started in <laughs> Iowa without showing up to any of them. <laughs> right. So he's now polling at 51. DeSantis is at 19. Haley's at 16. Ramaswamy is at 5. Christie's at 4. And Asa Hutchinson is still at 1. I don't know. Is he even still running? Who oh, can say? Um, wild. But um, the fact that Trump's lead is expanding in the midst of these silly kitty debates yeah. is, to me, a sign that the kitty debates aren't doing anyone any favors. Certainly, DeSantis is pulling at 19 after got, getting both the governor and Bob Vanderplatz's <laughs> right. endorsements. Yeah, right. Like, he no, got two of the biggest, the biggest. And these are, by the way, the kinds of endorsements. The that, biggest in the state. The, the biggest in the state. Yeah. These are the kind of endorsements that cause you know, a sort of black sheep in the primary to surge. In, yeah, we talked about I'm, that with the Vanderplatz one right. a couple weeks on that. I think it was the, Scott the, Walker, whoever it was. The, uh, uh, Santorum. I'm Santorum, Rick Santorum. Yeah. yeah. Like, the Vanderplatz can make or break your campaign in Iowa until right now when they have nothing to do with it. But, like, <laughs> you know, Ron DeSantis has been polling in the same range for months. Yeah, for sure. And is what maybe gained, like, a couple points off of these endorsements, but, like, nothing significant. Meanwhile, Trump has only widened his um, yeah. margin. So I can see why Nikki Haley is, like, I'm going to look like I'm in league with this idiot? I guess so. Yeah. It's Don't not even th- a real d- right. debate. Is it better for her, though, to, like... I mean, at least if, it's media. It's, it's like airtime. Right. Is it better for her to exit Iowa to New Hampshire, where she's doing better? Just got um, Sununu's endorsement, by the oh, way. Oh, she I think did. today, actually. Yeah. Does it... Is it better if she gets second in Iowa, just as a story to tell... And could she help herself do that by a last-minute good debate performance? I think it would help her, but I don't think it's going to happen. Because I feel like DeSantis has sort of planted his seed as, like, the guy who should be the winner in a normal year of this caucus. Yeah. You know, she's not going to be able to find better endorsements than he got. Yeah. So she's just, like, the fact that she's still polling only three points behind him, given that he got these endorsements, and she's, like, got no particular, you know, connection to Iowa yeah. is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, and I, in a caucus, I'm not convinced that this translates into that different an outcome. Yeah, true. Because it's not- You a, might be right. It's, we're not talking about a, a raw vote count for yeah. a caucus. I also think that she still could get second on this. Be, uh, we didn't pull this information and I don't know if they pulled it. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. 
I would assume, you know, Chris Christie's at 4%, like you said, Asa Hutchinson, who knows what that's about. Right. But like, though, in, in many caucus sites, those people will have to go find a, their second right. choice. And, and I'm I, assuming that for most of the Christie people, it's going to be Haley. I can't yeah. imagine that it's DeSantis or it's certainly not Trump. If you're right. supporting if you, Chris if you're Christie, supporting you're Chris not Christie, going you're, to, right. and you're probably not going to Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is sort of running his sort of like Trump light yeah. campaign at this no, point. No, I so, agree. I think it'll be interesting for second place. But yeah, they're going to lose by 30 points. Right. And I just think, like, <laughs> you know, the polling averages have her only two points behind DeSantis. I feel like in a caucus state, it's not enough like it, to invest heavily in a caucus state where you're going against big guns yeah. and you, you're you by doing nothing still polling yeah. only two points behind. I feel like maybe roll the dice on that and go to a state where, you know, Ron DeSantis doesn't have the governor's endorsement and doesn't have the biggest evangelical leader in the state's endorsement. And yeah. it's like a literal nobody that nobody cares about. Right. Um, yeah, because and I I also just like the fact that Trump has widened his lead the more that they appear on screen <laughs> I is, I think, to me, a sign that maybe just quietly minding your business is a way to go in this perhaps in this caucus. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, there's also so Trump is also ahead in two other battleground states um, or in two ba- other yeah other battleground states, Michigan and Georgia. By 10 points and 5 points, respectively. Sure. Um, that is... Including uh, Joe Biden in both of those places, too. That's yeah. not the polling we're talking That's about. That's not the polling there, we're, tra- we're talking about. There's been a lot of polling from both of those, well, at least Michigan specifically. Exactly. Um, that doesn't look good for, for, for Biden. Biden but. Yeah. So I feel like, though, his margins are not quite as high in those places. And those are also, like, more impactful states. Like, the Iowa caucus doesn't actually matter. No, it doesn't matter. So, like, skip it if you're Nikki Haley. Be impressed that you did so well, given that you don't have any impressive endorsements in the state. You're just a random person who's in society. Right. <laughs> and, like, go to a state where you might be able to be, like, yeah. to to put a Ron, to at least put Ron DeSantis into an yeah. early grave. Yeah. And then once he's gone, then you're taking then, on Trump yeah. yourself. And then maybe you have some other things that yes. you can be up to. Yeah. And then maybe also Trump has to actually talk about you. And you can yeah. talk about him. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I feel like this Iowa polling says to me that everyone should go home and not even bother. <laughs> right, Don't right. be wandering around to 99 counties in Iowa if this is how poorly you're right. going to do in them. Down by 35 points. Like that's a, what an, imp- well, my guess is that Ron DeSantis in going to all of the counties in Iowa is only making his problem worse. <laughs> right. Because then I they have to like, interact with him. Yes. Like let you, have your Kim Reynolds endorsement, have your Bob Vanderklaas endorsement. Run and then stay the fuck home. Just, Run commercials. You know, Carpet bomb the place with commercials right. with Bob Vanderplatz talking about how great and wonderful exactly. you are. Exactly. There could be more media get there. Get out of town. Get, do not even show up in the state. Don't be in Iowa. Be in Florida and yeah. like mind your business. Yeah. Well, one of the things about the general election that obviously people are wondering about is whether Trump is going to be in jail when it right. happens. And <laughs> there's been some movement on, on that front. Right. And we're going to attempt to take you through it, even though we are not legal, legal experts. Expert. Ben's offness. Right. He's been warned that he he's, might be called in. Right. In right. He's, he's on alert. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's been some movement with the Supreme Court, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith, and we're going to sort of walk you through that right now. For some backstory before we really get into the whole SCOTUS of it, because the SCOTUS of it was the big news from this week. Right. So the judge in the election subversion trial in D.C., Tanya Chutkin, she issued a statement that Trump doesn't enjoy absolute immunity for the crimes committed while he was president. And that is a huge question. Like, it's really sort of like the major the crux question. of this, right? Like, if he 
is immune because he was the president, then, like, we don't need to have 700 trials and charge him with 91 crimes. Right. That would be sad, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, because he did all of those things, as we And know. they were crimes. And they were crimes. So she issued this statement. The Trump campaign obviously asked for an appeal, which was granted. So it's going to go through the appeals process, probably end up at the Supreme Court anyway, but maybe not for months. Who knows? And the other thing that the Trump team asked for was they request that the trial be put on hold while this issue is figured out. And the judge granted that because obviously, like, again, why are you having a trial if like the person who is being tried, tried, like can't be tried in the first place? So that is sort of the backstory that led us to this week where Jack Smith sort of like took a bold move and like asked the Supreme Court to decide whether he has immunity and like asked them to do it like post haste and expedite the hearing of that question. So and like literally later in the day, they were like, we're on it. So that was like big news this week. So we are going to find out from the Supreme Court at some point whether Donald Trump has immunity or not to stand trial in all of these trials that he's right and this would right. both impact the you know the jack smith case but also the georgia case for sure so this impacts really all of the plans that we have for him yeah. um and, it, it, and, and the reason that he did it also was just because to keep them to keep them on schedule right right because like this this specific case that the the chutkin case in dc was scheduled to go to trial like in march yeah and i think and so, also some of the georgia the georgia case might also yeah, be around the so, time yeah. yeah so like and and i think in her ruling where she um, basically put it on pause. She was like, this is most certainly jeopardizing like the March yeah. start date. So I think Jack Smith sort of like probably felt like he had to do this just to be able to sort of like continue to move things along. Otherwise, the Trump lawyers were just going to sort of like keep this in the appeals process until the end of time, which is right. what you would do. Which, well, and that's what they you were them. <laughs> famously always do. Yeah. But also it's kind of important because especially in the Georgia case, and I think probably in the Jack Smith case, their entire defense rests on his immunity. That was what their entire argument was going to be. So either we find out that he was immune, in which case they're like, see, we told you, and there's no reason to have the case. Or we find out that he wasn't immune and their entire defense is destroyed. Now, I would argue that uh, claiming that he was, that that overthrowing an election as part of his official duties as president (laughs) is a little beyond the pale. And that if that is how we decide to interpret this law, then we are a failed state. We're like a literal failed yeah, no, state. We know we don't have a real government right. at that point. No. If the president is allowed to overthrow elections as part of his quote unquote official duties and we have no means by which to restrain him from violating the yeah. law that's that he is meant Republic to uphold, shit. that's some banana republic shit. We're not in a real state anymore. Yeah. And at that point, I guess, I don't know, do whatever you want. It's anarchy. <laughs> right. Like that ruling would be so detrimental to the stability of our government that I can't even imagine what that yeah. would mean. But I also worry that it might happen because this, like, well, then Joe Biden should just declare that he's the president at the end of this election. Well, exactly. Uh, it's like, like if well, some real banana republic shit is also <laughs> that in having stolen a Supreme Court seat, uh, Donald Trump has appointed, you know, three sevenths of this court right. himself personally, and they're now ruling on whether or not he gets to keep being the president. Right. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I would listen. Who knows with them? Uh, who you, knows? With you them? really don't know. I would. I would assume that, I mean, I guess this is a very big question, but it seems to me like, why not let the cases be tried to see whether he's actually committed the crimes? Committed the crimes. Like, yeah. is he guilty of the crimes, right? Yeah. I mean, like, because if he's guilty of the crimes, then like, you know, how can he be? Also, a, a, I don't we know. currently 
have a different president than Donald Trump, if we're giving presidents permanent immunity from everything, right? Then I then we've actually just invited a dictatorship that may not be Donald Trump's yeah. into, you know, like at the point that we're no longer considering anything that's done uh, as president as a crime, like Joe Biden doesn't yeah. have to stop being the president, I guess. Right. I like know. no one has to do anything. Yeah. It's once we're in a failed state, we've created an unpredictable circumstance for ourselves. <laughs> I know. And I would imagine also that even in these highly politicized uh, Republicans, there is a certain amount of pressure from the rest of the Republican establishment to head off this Trump issue. Oh, yeah. Like, is Clarence Thomas, despite all of his numerous, like, obviously he's not out here caring about, you know, judicial matters. <laughs> but, no. like, is he not getting any pressure from anyone to figure out what to do about the fact that, like, it's not that Donald Trump will go down for these crimes, but this doesn't provide immunity for anyone working for him. You know, oh, yeah, like the right. entire Trump apparatus might go down for oh, us. Oh, yeah. So, like, is is it to anyone's benefit to protect him personally? Right. Yeah. And he just keeps using and abusing question. them this way? I mean, yeah. I just don't feel like it is. But that said, I don't know what these people are up to. <laughs> I know. So, I like, know. in another sense. Um, oh, the other thing that I thought was interesting about this that we skipped over is that um, they're also want um, Supreme Court to weigh in on a thing that the Trump lawyers have been trying to claim is that um, uh, this issue of double jeopardy, mm -hmm. which you'll have know about because you'll have seen the Ashley Judd movie. That's right. Um, uh, but apparently that um, Trump's defense lawyers has been saying have been saying that because he was acquitted by the Senate during his impeachment trial that he can't be criminally tried for the same alleged actions. The 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 master court of the Senate. Just Listen, that's interesting in a way that I'm like, sure, right. I like they're they're doing good legal work for him. <laughs> like, it's I mean, creative. I read that's exactly. I was read that and I was like, oh. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Why not? I mean, double jeopardy. Try anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is a creative take. And yeah. um, I'm excited that they're looking for answers. Yeah. I feel like we're, it's a real stress test for the legal system. And it might fail it. <laughs> and if it fails it, like I said, do anything you want. You live in, an, you live in a failed state now. Yeah. So there are no more rules. But yeah. Um, um, they're also hearing some sort of January 6th case about like whether the yeah. rioters can be charged under some sort of I didn't pull any of the details because it, that I was sounded like, very legalese that's what I was like I started reading things about like minutia of like old laws and I was like yeah. we're not doing that today no, that's where Ben Softness will be helping <laughs> us right. out in the future yeah. um but we <laughs> also we also know that they'll be hearing a case about Milfa Pristone which yes. is concerned. There's a lot of abortion news this week as well. Ugh. Not great abortion news. Not no. the kind you're looking for. No, we're about to but, do two abortion stories. Which um, is they're taking a case where they're going to consider whether to restrict access to milfopristone, um, even in states where abortion is legal. Right. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about the potential for legal challenges to the uh, the availability of milfopristone, largely by the kind of people who promised that we wouldn't need medical abortions because we had these drugs now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously their next step was to try to restrict access to these drugs. Right. So there's been some lower court and, you know, um, uh, uh, some, some lower court rulings about this. And essentially what is happening is there that there was a challenge to the initial 2000 approval of the drug whether like that was even lawful right. because the original judge was some total loon bag and was like, this should have never been approved because reasons. Right. Cause I'm a medical expert all of a sudden, <laughs> right, despite exactly. my legal education. Yeah. And so that sort of in the appeals process got thrown out even by a conservative appeals court. 
But what they did allow was they basically said that there were some rules put in place in 2016 and then again in 2019 and then again in 2021 that allowed the drug to just be easily accessible to more people. It allowed people to sort of, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like, oh, now you can get it over the counter and now you can do, I'm making these things up like exactly what it was, but it just, it just became easier for people to do. And that's very important right now because in many places people can't get, you know, can't get abortions. Right. So what they are going to hear is this challenge to the lower court, to the appeals court ruling that basically threw out the things that made it more accessible starting in 2016. Right. So, you know, it's not great. I don't have a lot of faith that they are going to be like, no, it's fine. You can get it just like you always have been for the last few years because that doesn't seem like them. No. No, they're the kind of people who overturn, you know, settled law when it come, yeah. came to abortion. And also, don't trust any promises that they make you about the accessibility of safer methods of ending pregnancies that yeah. are dangerous that they... Yeah used as examples in their, you know, in their rulings when they decided to take away your right to have medical care as a woman. Yeah. Um, but, but the original judge on this case was cuckoo bananas. Yes, that crazy. was the Trump appointee. The Trump appointee, like, kept talking about, like, continually used the term unborn human, you know, instead yes. of and when talking about fetuses and abortionists. Right? I mean, like, really, like, real nutbaggy yeah. stuff. And he's the one who was sort of like, no, it's not legal at all. The FDA doesn't have... That's the other thing, like, the, really what this comes down to is, like, does the does the FDA have the legality to approve a drug? Which some right. might contend they do because that's literally why they exist. It's their only job. <laughs> and also, yeah. we're all taking drugs exclusively based on their approval yeah, for so other things. So it seems like maybe there's some wide-ranging, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, why this, this issue in particular would be a reason, that, a drug that they're not allowed to approve. Also, I love the idea that initial challenges to this were about how it hadn't been widely tested enough, as if... Any drug has ever been tested on women ever. <laughs> oh, that's like, right. There are, you know, you know I, there are drugs on the market. Well, I so one of the things that I, you know, see advertised all the time is an HIV drug that has um that comes up on my Hulu all the time or whatever and is constantly at oh, the yeah. end has a has a disclaimer that it hasn't been tested on people assigned female at birth. This yep. is a drug that's been on the market for years. <laughs> it's right. a drug that has been taken that has been deemed safe for right. many years and to this day Instead of just testing it on women, yeah. they have had to have a disclaimer on their commercials, which why do we have drug commercials on TV anyway? But to have to, yeah. to make sure that you know that this drug, yeah. which made it to market right. without testing on any women, right. has not been approved for use in women, essentially, right. because we don't know. I mean, it's been approved because you can right. try it. When, once things are safe HIV, for men, as it, turns out. it turns out anyone can get HIV. Mm-hmm. And yet... According to the FDA, that's not an important enough consideration <laughs> to worry about when you're testing drugs. Yeah. Um, so those can just go to market. It's like yeah. how they found out that like birth control, birth control pills give you all sorts of horrifying side effects. That, oh, yeah. you know, for years people had like blood clots and all right. sorts of things, and they, they were just like, to, they had who to can send know? It to mass market <laughs> yeah. before they knew. <laughs> before they knew, who can who can say? How would we have found women to test these on? Oh, right. You know, without trying it on all of society. Yeah. Like these are things that constantly happen. So, yeah. like, any time, if there is a drug that is targeted to or primarily for use in fe- people assigned female at birth that makes it to market, it's never been tested adequately. Don't try to tell me that the courts need to block that <laughs> for our safety. I know. Like, get all the way out of yeah. here. Not even aspirin has been adequately tested on women, I'm sure. Like, this, nothing has been. Right. We don't even worry about this. The, yeah. the entire medical community decided that no healthcare needed to involve studies of women. So, right. Well, wasn't that the whole thing, too, with, like, the... Um, 
you know, like 9-11 issues. They were not yes. sort of like, well, they the, didn't. They absolutely. Were, yeah. the, the, the research that was done was done on men. And so later when people came forward with women's health issues that could only affect women because they had to do with women's reproductive health, they were like, well, we don't have the data. <laughs> right. It's like, well, you didn't look for it because you didn't try to find any women who were affected. Yeah. It's like that happens constantly. It's, one thing that is interesting, if you get involved in any sort of health advocacy work in your lifetime, which you may all have to because we're all going to have long COVID soon, um, <laughs> what you will discover is that medical data is way more biased than you think it is. Mm. And science is a lot more biased than you think it is. And that and that sounds like a conspiracy theory coming from non-scientists, but it's actually like pretty big. Like people design studies. And yes. so we only study things that people want to study. Yeah. And people don't want to study women because they don't care about women. So, like, what you discover is there's a whole politics to science that you didn't realize there was. Yeah. And specifically, medical science yeah. is very political. Um, which brings me back to my point about this story, which is that if your big concern is that milfopristone is not safe for use in women, I s suggest you look at literally every drug that's ever made it to market. <laughs> right. It's you, safe enough. If you can prove to me that it's less safe than any of those drugs, <laughs> right. then we can have a conversation. Yeah, sure. Um, but just politically, this is interesting because the ruling for this could come in their batch of July rulings. Right. Like they're going to be hearing this, I think, in their upcoming session. So that is going to be right before, you know, months before an election, really. Mm -hmm. And we know that people are still very motivated by this issue, even mm -hmm. now in, you know, they're voting in midterms and special elections and, you know, the, yeah. the Vir Virginia. And that no state that has a giant anti-abortion force in their state legislature has had voters approve that approach. Right. Almost all of them are trying to enshrine the right yeah. to an abortion into their state constitution yeah. and things so like that. I feel like GOP politicians are probably out here for the first time ever in their lives hoping that the Supreme Court doesn't weigh, yeah. <laughs> doesn't come down on the side of, you know, the pro-life Well, this crowd. issue, like, they're ruining their own game repeatedly on this anyway because it's like the whole point of picking right. abortion as an issue was that this they couldn't win it. Right. So that now with, it's like nobody wants it. Drive. It's cruel. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like now they're going to have to, it's like winning it. What are you going to, what What do we need from yeah, you now? now? Nothing. Right. And it is cruel, and we know that because there was a, another very highly publicized story in Texas oh this week that yeah, is like one of the more horrifying sure. things that you can read about, yeah. um, which I guess isn't a shock to anyone because it was in Texas. Texas yeah. But, you know, this is a case that we heard about, I think, a while ago, or not a while ago, but we, we'd heard about a few weeks ago, yeah. um, where there was a woman who has two young kids who had a, a fetus with trisomy 18 um, for her third pregnancy, right. which is a genetic condition where you don't have much of a chance of survival. And she had already been to the ER multiple times due to like cramping and other other complications with the pregnancy. Right. Um, and it's important here for, you know, some details later in the story about the Texas mm -hmm. law specifically, that she was in very close communication with her doctor yes. through this entire time, who gave her the advice that she should have an abortion and also signed on to the you know emergency petition that they filed for her to be able to have this abortion because you have to do that in Texas now. Right. So, and believed that she qualified for the exception. Yeah, yeah there's like three exceptions, which are... Uh, no, there's three uh, There's three overlapping bans. Oh, oh, There's a very oh, narrow... Upset, uh, there's oh, a narrow Lord. exception inside of three overlapping bans. Oh, boy. But basically, if the mother's life is threatened oh, or if yes, a pregnancy yes, yes, yes. poses a serious risk of substantial impairment of a major, major bodily function. Right. Because I think they were also... I think her do doctor was also saying that it could put her... Um, 
her future ability to be pregnant right. uh, in jeopardy also. Right. So this was going to have potential dangerous consequences for her health. The, the, the fetus was not viable, was not going to probably, thrive. It was not right. viable. Um, and so her doctor thought she was a good candidate for yeah. a, an abortion. Yeah. Um, so they had to file a petition because, of course, instead of doctors making these decisions, we need lawyers to make these kinds of decisions yeah. and judges. Um, the A district judge granted the request. Yes. And then the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, I guess decided to make an example out of this case because yeah. he likes to do unpopular things that are mean to people yeah. um, and appealed it to the Supreme Court yeah. and then sent a warning letter, which was shared on social media yeah. to the hospitals where Cox might have had to get this procedure yeah. that they would face penalties despite the lower's court permission until it worked its way through yeah. the state Supreme Court. Um, then on Friday, the Supreme Court put a hold on the lower court's ruling right. until... That was the next day, by the way. Right, the, the next Texas day. The Supreme Court swooped right in. Swooped right in, <laughs> put a hold on the previous ruling until further review, which I don't... It's like, this is a time-sensitive issue. Yeah, too. that's what I was going to say. Is the further review the mother dying? Right. Like, what other then have they factors do they need to, to review? Then have they she could have had the abortion? Right. Exactly. Like, like, yeah, what... Are they waiting for the evidence that her health is already in peril? Right. Um, And then, on Monday, Cox left the state. And went right. and got an abortion, like a reasonable person Which would have to. Which is illegal, surprisingly, I know. in Texas. Well, apparently, it's they're trying to make it illegal in some counties, but it's, like, unclear how you enforce yeah, that. Yeah, some counties are, like, trying to, like, put in statutes that, like, make it illegal to travel through, through them, them to go to for leave an abortion. the state to go get an abortion. Yeah, which yeah. is a ridiculous Completely thing ridiculous. to um, Yeah. And also, how would you enforce that? How do you know yeah. if people drive, random pregnant women are driving through to yeah. get abortion? How would you... Yeah. Prove that. I, but what's crazy is that the Texas Supreme Court, after finding out that she was leaving because she announced it, yeah. they could have just called it a day. Right. Right. Because that's legal. So, like, why even have to have an opinion right. on this after you've, you've already won. sort of like you did. You did a you cruel forced, thing to a pregnant woman in a crisis. Right. You forced her out of the state. But instead, a couple days later, they actually issued a, a ruling, like a long ruling. And it is fucked up. Yeah. Friends. Because... The all-Republican court writes that the Texas legislature, quote, has delegated to the medical rather than the legal profession the decision about a woman's medical circumstances. Uh, when, or, a woman, warrant, when, a circ- when, when her circumstances. When a woman's medical circumstances warrants this exception. So the deci- and the decision notes that Cox had a very complicated pregnancy and tragic diagnosis. But despite this, they went on to say, some difficulties in pregnancy, however, even serious ones, do not pose the heightened risks to the mother the exception encompasses. How would they know? Are they doctors? They literally say that doctors are the ones who should make this decision. Her doctor made the decision and they're like, well, it's not the right decision. The Texas legislature has delegated to the medical rather than the legal profession the decision about a woman's medical circumstances. So we'll tell you. It was her doctor that filed the petition. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so, they're the legal, by the way, like, they're the legal profession. They're the legal, right, so that, that, they're, are, that they're claiming they're, are supposed to be staying out of it. Right. So, and and that tragically, some some serious life-threatening things yeah. just don't rise to the level of seriousness yeah. that, that they set out. Yeah. What does that but mean? Re- I know. But it really sort of, like, begs the obvious questions, like, you know, what is sick enough? Right. You know, for the mother, will anyone ever be sick enough? I guess to not. To get an abortion? Who gets to decide what is sick enough? It seems like it's the Texas Supreme Court, potentially. Because, right. like we said, it was her doctor. So, like, sounds very government death panel to me. It sounds like a direct government death panel. Which Republicans are always yammering on about when right. we talk about universal health care. That's right. Um, yeah. I know, their level of hypocrisy when it comes to death panels is really mind-blowing. Right. Specifically. As if our insurance companies are not, like, right. notable death panels. Right. As if death panels aren't a fact of American life that don't right. exist in other countries, <laughs> right. by the way. But, like, the fact that they have managed to make us victims of both corporate and government death panels instead of just at least only one. <laughs> I know. 
is so infuriating right. to me. Yeah, but it's the government ones that they've been really upset with, and now they've right. got them. Now, now, now they're they've, making they've, their they're own. They're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's only about women, though, so it doesn't matter. Well, they sure. don't care about that. <laughs> but also, the fact that no one seems to understand what the law in Texas is. Well, that's the other thing, too, that it's just like, it's, it's very confusing. That's designed to, that imperils your life even without you, the law so having to imperil your life. get on the ballot in Texas. I'd really be curious oh, to see how I that know. pans out. I know. Oh, I hope someone's working on it. I mean, they got it on the ballot in Kansas. It can't yeah, be true. impossible. Kentucky. Yeah. And there's not one state where people haven't been like, fuck this noise. Fuck this noise. Yeah. Uh-huh. Inclu- Kansas? Kansas, I know. Kansas, where the group that was in favor of it was called Kansans for Constitutional Freedom, because <laughs> it should be a constitutional freedom to be able to get the health care that you need. Yeah. That's not anyone's business in your state. But it's also wild to me. Like, Texas is like such a big state to be trying this. I know. Like normally, I feel like if you want to try cockamamie ideas like this, you do it in like a Wyoming, sure, where there's not enough people to like you need worry. A smaller you test need a subject. smaller test subject where you're not going to get the big headlines, and also because the consequences are just so cruel. And I don't know if this is designed to just make us sort of like feel scared, but I don't feel scared by this news. I just feel angry about it. And I think that's where they keep misunderstanding where the American public is on this issue. I think they think that if they come down harsh enough with the cruelest possible, you know, actions, everyone will just get scared by it. Maybe. And like, I, this doesn't make me scared. No. It just makes me mad. Yeah. They're and, very confused because they're, yeah. they're, they're trying a few different things. They're trying exactly what you just said. But then there's no. also the people out here like, you know, Nikki Haley or right. even Glenn Youngkin for that matter right. in Virginia who are out sort of like trying to be like, oh. I've cracked the code. I've right. solved it here. There's a middle ground that we can right. all agree to that's 20 weeks and there's this and there's this exception and there's this and there's that. And nobody's fucking interested in that either. No. What people well, are interested yes. in is you not Minding telling fucking business. women what they're supposed to be doing. That's right. Like literally, I think where we're going to end up on this issue is a going to be a bigger loss for their cause because it used to be that they had all, because they were never winning on it, they had all this ground to be like, let's compromise. Which people just want to compromise. Yeah. But those Nobody wants points, to compromise with them anymore. No, yeah. there's no reason to. No. They lie to you. Yeah. They're not even worth compromising with. The last time that I had a conversation with somebody who thought that there was a compromise on this issue, and it was a Democrat, of course. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I was sort was of... It Hillary Clinton? <laughs> it, was basically, it was basically a Hillary Clinton. It was a Hillary Clinton-esque uh, character in my life. Um, but I was like, you realize that we're past the point of that being... Once Pete Buttigieg is on board with no compromise, we're I past know. the point of there being a compromise. We're no longer talking about compromise. It's I now a, it's now a, a... Pete Buttigieg likes to compromise just for sport. Exactly. Pete so Buttigieg fact- doesn't have any ideas to... Pr- he's no, no. got no principles. So the fact that he's... Even he can see that there's a clear... There's no moral compromise on this issue. Yeah. The compromise is just to mind your business. Yeah. And to not ask questions you don't want answers to. Yeah. Because the, there's a great compromise, I think, personally for these people, which is they could just not worry about whether other people are getting abortions and not ask. <laughs> I think I believe in... I don't believe in a don't tell version of this, but I do not I do believe in a don't ask if you don't want to know <laughs> right, sure. version of the abortion yeah. story. Like, I, I feel like you don't have to know information that you don't want. If And, and also, true. Ken Paxson is never going to have to get an abortion, so he doesn't have to worry about this at all. Great this, point. He could just mind his business and keep yep. on keeping on and not think at all about the unborn babies that he's <laughs> right. so, that he's so right. desperately the worried un, about un, not taking care of when they get... Unborn humans. The unborn humans. Mm-hmm. That That's such a pernicious phrase, too. <laughs> it's, it's like... Also, because one thing I always want to ask these people is like, then can I have the baby now? 
And if that's the case, if it survives, fine. Like, <laughs> you know, is, is this 20-week baby, like, yeah. what you want from me? Yeah. Because I feel like as much as maybe they think that all lives are valid and all of these are human lives or whatever, am I required to house these lives? Is like, that's my life. Right. You know, like, yeah. that's, you're, you're, requi- you're using me as housing. Then if I haven't signed up for that, like, okay, you yeah. want the fetus? You, you want this you want this bundle of cells yeah. all yeah. right that's you want this like weird look blood clot looking thing i guess if that's if that feels so important to you but like i that doesn't feel like you know that doesn't feel like what you're after if that's what the unborn human that you're talking if that's the soul that you want to rescue yeah. then have it i guess i don't know <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense yeah in any case um another exciting thing that's going on in the world <laughs> Um, which I, maybe this belongs in Texas and not in Iowa. Maybe it does. Iowa's, they're essentially getting trolled yes. right now. And they can't in a, really, in a wonderful they way. can't really acknowledge that that's what they're doing because they're taking it, everybody's taking it very seriously, <laughs> which so is what's funny. so funny. Because there is now, um, this, uh, there's this group called the Satanic Temple of Iowa and they placed <laughs> with state permission, like a small altar on the first floor of the Iowa State Capitol. And it's like, it has, uh, it, the, the, it's like, it's got like a weird like giant ram's head, you know, <laughs> and like electric candles and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's the, it's the pagan idol, ba- baf- Baphomet? 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 Yeah. Holding a ribbon bedecked, uh, a pentangle and topped with a gilded ram's head. That's what it is. Yeah. And God, it, I think it's, I'm not used to saying. <laughs> they describe the, the seven fundamental tenets of Satanism. Oh, sure. Which include, I believe, the freedom to offend. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That's... Also, the the freedom of others should be respected. Yeah, that's right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're just live um, and let live types. But so apparently, you can the access for the displays at the Capitol are open to anyone through like an application process. There's some guidelines, but they don't discriminate on the basis of religion or ideology. The thing is, is that this group has been trying the shit elsewhere. Yeah, and do, they've done it in Arkansas, and they've done it. They've done it in various other places, and they are trying to get people like Kim Reynolds to do exactly what she did. Yeah. Which is to have goofy photo op prayer circles of, course. of a bunch of people standing around the Christmas tree in the Capitol Hill or in the Capitol Rotunda. That's right. And for everybody to be flying off the handle about it. And for Ron DeSantis to be asked about it at the freaking CNN town or uh, the <laughs> town hall that he had, which was in Des Moines. Uh, so... Like, everybody is just doing the wrong thing, but I'm obsessed with everyone's, like, going crazy over it. Like, Kim Reynolds tweeted, she said, free speech is a right afforded to all, but how we use it matters. T- today's event, talking about the prayer circle, today's <laughs> event- History prayer circle. Right. Today's event is proof that in the battle between good and evil, good will always prevail. I, she Like, Kim Reynolds is, like, doing Star Wars at the state capitol, <laughs> essentially, around the Christmas tree. It's so stupid. <laughs> I just, I love it. I love this for They them. fell right into the trap, too. They like, went They, like, it. walked, they ran to the trap. Um, welcomed. Welcome. Welcomed it. Welcome the trap. Oh, my God. I just, it's so good. I do feel like this is the kind of troll where everybody kind of gets what they want, because, listen, Kim Reynolds supporters are going to love looking at a for prayer sure. circle around a Christmas tree. Oh, my God. That's what gonna, a dream for them. And have an opportunity to have a reason to have a dumb prayer circle for no reason. around. Like, what a joy yeah. for her. And yeah. then also, we're going to enjoy laughing at that. So everyone has, this has brought joy to everyone. I, I know. Ron DeSantis got to somehow drag Donald Trump into this. Did yeah. you see what his response was no. to this? So they asked him about it, and he said that he blamed Donald Trump for giving the satanic, satanic temple religious tax-exempt status in 2019. Oh. He said it may, it very well may be because of that ruling under Donald Trump that 
they may have had a legal leg to stand on. My view would be that's not a religion that the founding fathers were trying to create. I mean, they weren't trying to create any religion. Yeah, what so, are they talking like, his A, a religion his that view, they were trying to create. He doesn't want to talk about that, I think. More. <laughs> like, they were trying to create some religions, some of the founding fathers, but they were wacky, <laughs> not Christian religions. So <laughs> I don't feel like he necessarily wants to start that conversation. These people. These people. All of them. The, 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 I, I love any time that Ron DeSantis speculates about what the founding fathers did or did not oh, want no. to do with their lives. It just feels like, what a hilarious thing to think of Ron DeSantis believing himself to be a legal scholar of some sort. Yeah. Like, in his high heels, just, like, roaming a debate stage. Yeah. Speculating about the the Constitution, <laughs> as <Right>. he believes it <laughs> to be interpreted. Oh, boy. In any case, well, that's the news. Good luck to all of them. Good luck to all of them. <laughs> and, you know, listen... Is most of the news out here terrible right now? Absolutely. But if some of it's funny, you're allowed to laugh. I just need to get everybody on board with that. Like, I feel People like... People are really judging my thoughts on George Santos and get off my jock. Yes. Like, if if something good happens, let it be good. I mean... Not everything is that... Some things are very serious. Sure. Some are not. And too many serious things are happening. Yes, some absolutely. Some of them we're not talking about on this podcast. Right. So I get it. Sure. It's sad out there sometimes. It's sad out there sometimes. We get worked up about things. But let yourself have joy where it exists. Yeah. Because I feel as though, and maybe this is something that has to do with, like, this is like, I think, and I, a thing that, that kind of came along with the influx of interest in 2016 that came, you know, that came from the Trump election, oh, which yeah. is that a lot of people weren't experienced in following politics in the long term and how you right. go through these phases where everything just feels terrible. And in those phases, you have to know how to figure out which news is actually important to be sad about and which yeah. news is you can just not think about. Right. Like, there are some stories... Or which to lean into. Right, exactly. Like, there are some news stories you can't do anything about that you can just work yourself into a frenzy about that have nothing to do with you or your life. And sometimes it's okay to put those on the back burner. <laughs> I agree. And it's it's sometimes okay to lean into a story that right? isn't important but is ridiculous. I know. I saw people commenting things like, you know, on the Z-Way interview, like, oh, interviewing a transphobe isn't the flex that you think it is. And I'm right, like, like... Let yourself have fun. And also, have you seen Z-Way before? Right. <laughs> like, I guarantee you that was not a fun experience for George Santos. It I, may exactly. have looked in the photograph like they were having fun for press purposes. Right. But I will be flabbergasted if we see that and yeah. he doesn't look like a major dope at the end of it. Yeah. Which is why I'm excited about it. Of and course. why you should allow yourself to get excited, be excited about, about it. it. It's not just going to be the two of them kikiing for an hour. No. Like, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be him squirming for yeah. the entire time that he's there. That's, I feel like there's like a level of concern trolling that has made it off Twitter and into well, our regular lives. Trolling. You know, Love that like, that. I feel like a lot of the time people just like want you to feel only sad in a sad era of history. Oh, yeah. But it's like, you have to, you have to know what's funny too. Is this impeachment inquiry dumb? Yes. Is it also a little funny? Yes. Yeah. Don't spend all day being mad about it when you could be laughing. <laughs> right. Like, save your anger for something else that right. is that you can actually do something about. Um, in any case, that's my advice to you, a person who's going to have to talk to your family over Christmas. Most I likely. was going to say, yeah. It's Christmas, guys. It's Christmas. Or Hanukkah or whatever it is that you're celebrating. That's right. But, like, let 
Z-Way and George Santos make you happy. Exactly. It's the holiday season, after all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with that, we'll talk to you maybe next week. At some point, you'll hear from us. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.